All right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. It is episode 59. Uh, Once again, I am sitting here right before Monday Night Football, Packers and Lions this week, Um, just trying to fit this in before I sit down to watch the game. Um, And I'm actually more interested to see this game than I was before the season started. Like Before the season started, looking at that matchup, it was like, okay, Packers are going to blow out the Lions completely, but obviously the Packers really struggled in week one, so I think everyone is really interested to see how the Packers bounce back as a whole, and specifically how Aaron Rodgers bounces back, uh, if this is going to be a, a consistent decline, and he's going to continue performing that way, or if it was just a a bad game that they had, a bad game that he had, and he's going to turn it around. Very interested to see what's going to happen with that. Um, But first, so much to talk about from the weekend of football. So the Browns had their home opener this weekend. Very exciting. Uh, It was the coolest feeling to finally be living in downtown Cleveland for a home Browns game. The city was just losing their minds. People were trying to get into the muni lot like 24 hours before it even opened everyone was just so happy to to be back the stadium full again um but man i forget sometimes how exhausting game days are when you have to drink the entire day i know i don't have to drink the entire day but it feels like you do sometimes and it is exhausting and then today was extremely tired. Mondays are always hard after those kinds of days and was just trying to catch up on everything that happened in the NFL that I missed yesterday because I was so focused on the Browns game. Um, but all in all, great weekend. Cleveland was incredible. I'm looking forward to next weekend, another home game against the Bears. Um, then after that, I believe it's an away game against the Vikings, which is on my birthday. Um, So happy birthday to me. Get to celebrate watching the Browns, hopefully beating the Vikings pretty significantly because the Vikings do not look like a great team. But, you know, we'll see. Got to take every opponent seriously. All right, so before I get into just some NFL thoughts, I briefly want to touch on Ohio State and Tulsa. Um, I don't want to beat a dead horse with this one because I feel like a lot of the thoughts that I have this week coming out of the weekend are pretty much exactly the same as the thoughts that I had last weekend Um, coming out of the loss to Oregon even though we won this time um, we beat Tulsa not pretty significantly so that's not what we want to do against teams um, that we are supposed to be far superior to The defense still just doesn't look good, especially on third down. It's extremely frustrating to watch a defense that repeatedly gives up the gives it up on third downs, and it's really frustrating. Um, The offense has so many weapons still, but I'm trying not to be too hard on CJ, but he is still consistently overthrowing the ball. There were multiple times again where a receiver was completely open and he just threw it too high. And I don't know how many chances is the correct number of chances to give a quarterback. And he's not playing horribly, but you can't be consistently overthrowing the ball a couple times a game and expect to 
keep winning in college football, especially when we get into uh, some of the other Big Ten matchups in the rest of the season and some tough crowds. Like He's going to have to get it together, and I don't know how many chances you give before you say, hey, you can't keep making these mistakes. We're three games in now, uh, and he's still making some of those mistakes. Maybe you expect the first one, maybe two games to have all of those jitters, to feel a little bit nervous. But as the season starts to go on, you can't just keep getting a million different chances. At a certain point, those things need to be cleaned up. Um, so hopefully we will maybe start to to see those soon. I know next weekend, um, Ohio State plays Akron. So uh, that should technically be uh, an easy chance for him to show that he is cleaning those things up. What is crazy to me is that Ohio State opened as a 49-point favorite against Akron for the game next week, which feels almost too absurd, and I don't think we are blowing anyone out this year with our defense, even in Akron, who we should and would in years past blow out. I know when I was in college, every time we played like a Bowling Green, a Toledo, a Akron, it was like 49 to nothing, truly. Those were the scores that were coming out of those games. It does not feel like the team this year uh, is going to have results like that. So I was shocked to see it open up like that. I'm sure that that will change as we get closer to the game. Um, but yeah, like I said, the the narrative coming out of this game is largely the same as it was the week before. Um, one positive that is still the same is uh, Henderson. He's still just incredible running back who can save the day. He was a difference maker in that game. I believe that he's the reason we were able to win that game with the way he ran the ball. Really great player, and I'm excited that we have him with us because I don't know how else we would continue to win against these mediocre opponents if we didn't have a solid run game. But um, nonetheless, it goes on. We play Akron next weekend. And we'll see what happens. Hopefully we do get one of those big blowouts, get some confidence again. But we'll see. Okay, now getting into NFL, which is always the bulk of what I want to talk about. As I say every single week, this is what is so exciting this time of year. Just watching football literally all day. Just constantly watching football games, whether it's Thursday night football um, or you have it, I mean, Sunday Monday, we get it so many days of the week. It's just a beautiful thing. And I feel like I just sit there watching football all day, every day until February. And I, I wouldn't change it. Um, but a couple of games I wanted to touch on before I get into the Browns. Um, Ravens first Chiefs. Obviously have to start with that one because, wow, I don't think anyone... There might have been some people expecting it to be a decent game. But after the way that the Ravens played in week one, losing to the Raiders. It just felt like that they were going to go into the game against the Chiefs and get absolutely destroyed. But I think one thing we actually do know about the Chiefs, even though they've had a great record over the last few seasons, the Chiefs are a beatable team. They play in a lot of close games, even against teams that they have you know, that they are far superior to in terms of talent, they still play in a ton of close games, which allows opportunities for maybe a team that they shouldn't lose to, to beat them. Uh, And I think this was a perfect example of that. Um, And it's so weird because it felt like in week one, the Browns played better than the Chiefs, but the Chiefs won that game. 
Week two, it feels like the Chiefs played better than the Ravens, but the Ravens won that game. And that's just football sometimes. It doesn't always make sense. Crazy things can happen. One play can make a difference in the game. But the weird thing is with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, Lamar is just a weird cheat code that I still can't fully wrap my brain around. He can do so many wrong things in a game where 99% of the time you think that the team would lose because of it. Some really stupid interceptions, just plays that look so bad that you're like, there's no way the Ravens can win this game. But he's just also so athletic and so unique as a quarterback that he still just finds ways to keep his team in the game. And it's it's almost infuriating to watch because you know that the Ravens should not be beating them in that game based on how many mistakes were made, but they managed to do it. And that's not to say that the Chiefs played some perfect game. The Chiefs had some bad mistakes as well. Patrick Mahomes threw his first interception in the month of September, which is, again, an insane statistic. And I was trying so hard when watching that to not just think, boy, I wish he would have done that against the Browns last week. But it is what it is. Can't change it. But it was it was crazy to see him kind of make a mistake like that. Um, also, the fumble by uh, the Chiefs running back there, that really changed the game when it felt like the Chiefs kind of had it in the bag. Um, you know, you give Patrick Mahomes three minutes left or whatever was on the clock at that point, you expect them to go down and score, and that fumble really blew that chance for them when it felt like it was inevitable that they were going to score on that drive, and they didn't. Um, and that's how that's how it goes. But I still... I still just can't fully wrap my brain around Lamar Jackson. It's just so hard to understand how it works. Um, And the Ravens are such a depleted team right now with all the injuries that they've had. It's just sometimes you just find ways to win. And the Ravens have had a good team for a lot of years now. And those kinds of teams find ways to win even when they shouldn't. Um, So props to them. But wow, was not expecting that to be the result of that game whatsoever. Um, Now all of the teams in the AFC North, Browns, Ravens, Steelers, Bengals, all one and one. So interesting start, uh, which brings me to the Steelers game. They lost to the Raiders. I didn't really watch a lot of this game. I was watching some highlights today um, since I, like I said yesterday, was just trying to focus on the Browns game. But all I do know is that Big Ben should have definitely retired after last season. He just... He doesn't have it anymore, and he's hurting the Steelers at the end of the day because of it. I actually, just after watching the Raiders beat the Ravens in Monday Night Football last week, I just had this feeling that the Steelers were going to lose to the Raiders. It just felt like things might be headed in that direction with the Raiders having so much momentum after that win, and the Steelers still just don't seem to have... uh, a great offense whatsoever, even though the defense is pretty solid. They just can't get anything going on offense. Big Ben can't throw it deep. It's just, it's ugly sometimes. And Najee Harris still can't really run the ball that well because of the offensive line. So that was um, another, I guess, highlight for me of the weekend because I did not want the Steelers to go 2-0, be leading the division. It's really exciting when you know that Steelers fans aren't allowed to talk for a week because they lost. It's just a good feeling that they don't get to be on their high horse for a moment. Always appreciate that. Um, But not 
really a ton of other games stood out to me. The Bills blew out the Dolphins 35 to nothing, but Tua got hurt, so that didn't obviously help the Dolphins. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to be that big of a blowout, but when you have your quarterback get injured, that obviously changes everything. Um, but it was interesting to see overall this week, I think, how close a lot of the games were. I think the biggest margin was either, I guess, Bills, yeah, Bills over Dolphins, 35 to nothing. I know the Bucks over the Falcons, pretty decent margin. Um, but other than that, a lot of the games were extremely close, teams largely winning by one or two scores, maybe. Uh, and that's what makes the NFL so exciting even when you think it's a matchup that one team is significantly better they could still only win by a touchdown maybe and that's just how it goes okay and that brings me into Browns Texans I had to take a drink of my water to get ready for this one so overall we got the win which is the most important thing at the end of the day is getting the win on the board of course, there's always things to improve on, but a win is a win, and we should celebrate that because there were so many years where we didn't get wins, <laughs> like literally didn't get wins. So it's really important to appreciate those moments that even though the Browns didn't play their best game, you can look at it and say that the old Browns would have lost that game. Going down 14-7, to the old Browns would not have come back and won that game. So that's a huge bonus to see that in 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 game adversity, going down 14-7, we're able to come back and get a win. I think that's really important. Um, I also just I, I feel like we're so hard on the Browns right now because we expect perfection at this point, which is not attainable. Um, and I'm gonna get into that a little bit with Baker with my five key takeaways. But we have to remember that like mistakes are made in games. It's it's not going to be perfect, but um, as long as we're fixing things, making improvements, that's all you can really ask for. Um, so that brings me into my five key takeaways from the game. Um, first one, the rookies are continuing to produce, which is great. They're producing when we need them to. This week, it, last week it was Anthony Schwartz. This week, Demetric Felton was the guy to really step up. He had two receptions for 51 yards, one being a touchdown. He's just so fast, so athletic. It it felt like on his touchdown, right around the 10-yard line, he kicked it into a higher gear and was just running even faster. You thought he was going as fast as he could, and then he just hit another gear and went even faster. It was, it was pretty insane to watch, um, but it's good to see different rookies even stepping up each week and producing, um, especially when we have injuries. It's really important that they get in these games and make stuff happen because who knows when we might need them down the road, potentially come playoffs. You never know what's going to happen. You never know if we're going to be healthy and you definitely want rookies to be comfortable stepping up in those moments and making plays. So really impressed with Felton this week. Awesome to see. Like I said, last week it was shorts. This week it was Felton. The more the merrier. I will take all of them. <laughs> okay. So takeaway number two gets into what I was talking about with expecting perfection from the Browns, which is impossible. Um, and people expect perfection from Baker Mayfield, and it's pretty unfair. Um, Baker is 19 of 21, and his one interception is, of course, partially his responsibility because in an interception, the quarterback should always take some level of accountability, whether it was all their fault or whether, you know, 
the receiver did something wrong, uh, they still need to take, you know, some level of accountability for it. But in this case, it was also Anthony Schwartz's responsibility to run his route correctly and do what he needed to do. And he didn't do that. So I think context does matter in that scenario that um, it wasn't Baker just doing something stupid. It was also the fault of a young guy who wasn't thinking, uh, as Kevin Stefanski said, rookie mistake. He's going to clean that up. It's not going to happen again. Um, but it's Baker played a he played a good game. He's done what he's needed to do, and he's incredibly tough. He had his left shoulder popped out for a second in that game. He didn't let it stop him at all. He was, I mean, on the sideline for not that long when they took him back. He came right back out there, and he was making tackles even. It was crazy. Uh, decent tackles, actually, too, but um, that guy is a team player, and he is so tough, and you just know he wants to be out there for his team, and he's not going to let anything stop him, even his shoulder popping out. Thank God it wasn't his throwing arm, though, so we'll we'll take it. Um, but man, I'm just people need to relax with expecting Baker to have an 100% completion percentage, and he can't do anything that isn't perfect because no quarterback is newsflash. <laughs> no quarterback has a perfect completion completion percentage every single game. Doesn't make a single mistake. That's not how this works. So we need to stop expecting that from him. Um, and he's held to a higher standard than other quarterbacks in the league. And it just it gets unfair at certain points. Um, but, you know, we got the win, like I said. And that's I know what Baker wants at the end of the day. So I'm sure he's just feeling good about that. But working hard and on to the next one. Okay, takeaway number three. Um, I think we all seriously downplayed the Texans so much this offseason. And I feel like I briefly mentioned this on last episode going into the matchup because um, we, with the Deshaun Watson situation, I think, um, and all of the allegations against him and the assumption that he was not going to be playing this season or him asking for a trade made it feel like that this franchise just doesn't have it together. Um, I think it just made us not even look into what they were doing as a team or even realizing that like, hey, Tyrod Taylor is still a decent quarterback when when they picked up Tyrod Taylor. It's like, okay, that's a guy who can still make things happen. Um, and they're a decent team. I thought Tyrod looked really good in that game before he got hurt. He looked really good for the Texans last week as well. And that's just a good reminder of why you have to take every single opponent seriously. I think everyone assumes next week that we're just going to roll through the Bears, no big deal. But who knows? Every every team can compete in this league, and you have to come out hard swinging every single time. You can't expect that you're just going to walk in the stadium and not have to give your best effort because... These are professional football teams, and that was a good reminder with the Texans that they are still a professional football team, even though everyone thought that the Browns were going to win significantly. The Texans went up on us 14-7 early in the game, so we have to just remember uh, that you can't take any opponent lightly. Nothing is easy. Um, In the words of LeBron James, nothing is given, everything is earned, and that is a perfect reminder of each week in the NFL season. Um, So yeah, I think the Texans, they're not going to be a great team. They're in kind of a a weird division, but 
they're going to be decent and they're not as bad as we've all been pretending they were this offseason because they had quarterback issues. Um, they, they've they been finding a way to, to make it work and, and make things happen and make plays, and that's what they did against us. Okay, takeaway number four. We need to clean up turnovers. Obviously, like I said, we can't expect perfection. Mistakes are going to be made, but as the season goes on, we cannot continue to turn over the ball as much as we have. When we start playing our divisional games, because those are always tough, I don't care which team it is, Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, those are always tough games when you play within your division. Even the Bengals, like we were a way better team than they were last season. And those games were hard fought games against the Bengals. We had to really play our best football. So when we are getting into these divisional games and into some of the great opponents that we play this year, we cannot be continuing to turn over the ball and are going to have to clean that up, protect the ball. Um, and obviously I'm sure those guys are harder on themselves than any of us could be about those turnovers, but it is frustrating. And so although we don't expect perfection from them and it's never going to be perfect, if you can eliminate some of those turnovers from the game, we win by maybe, you know, three scores or four scores. It, It widens the gap between us and the teams that we're playing when we're that much more talented than them. Um, so hopefully we can clean those up. That was another big t- takeaway from this game and um, just how the Browns have been last season, this season, turnovers kill you. And that goes for any F- NFL team. Turnovers are the difference in a game. Okay, and lastly, takeaway number five, um, just really recognizing how many great weapons we have. I believe we had nine guys who had receptions in this game, Kareem, Chubb, Higgins, Landry, DPJ, Njoku, Hooper, Bryant, and then Felton. Um, I don't think Schwartz had any receptions, um, but obviously he was great week one. And then we've you know, we're so deep. We even have OBJ, hopefully, is what they're saying. I've seen some reports that he might be coming back for the Bears game. So hopefully that happens, especially with Landry going down. It would be good to get OBJ back in. But, you know, my takeaway from all of this is that even when someone like Landry does go down, who is obviously someone we can really always count on, he's almost always healthy. He doesn't miss games. He is consistent he doesn't drop balls very often um and so it's it's good to see that other guys can step up when someone like Landry goes down and it is almost a seamless transition where like I said this game Felton came in and made some plays um so even with Landry going down OBJ potentially coming back I still feel confident in the receivers that we do have because I know that there are guys that are going to step up even our tight ends as well like I mentioned Njoku Hooper and Bryant all had receptions this week that's really big to see that everyone can produce um so and it's hard for defenses to um defend us as well when we have so many different weapons so many different things we can do different skill sets that we can use um that's going to be beneficial as the season goes on and you know, people start to watch what we're doing, we can continue to confuse them with how much talent we have. And that's a beautiful thing. 
Okay, so those are my five takeaways. Looking to the games this coming week that I am kind of interested in watching. Chiefs Chargers, I think, could maybe be interesting. Um, interested to see how they face up against how Herbert and the Chargers face up against the Chiefs. Uh, Buccaneers-Rams, I think, is going to be a really good game to great defenses playing each other, which makes for some interesting games sometimes because sometimes we watch these games of two horrible defenses and it's just a complete mess. Um, and then also Packers-49ers, which I'm interested to see. I'm kind of waiting to see how interested I'm in based on what happens tonight with the Packers and the Lions, but um, I think... Packers and 49ers could be a good game if the Packers are able to get it together and be the team that we all have known them to be for many, many years now. Um, And then we've got Browns-Bears, which of course I'm most excited for, but um, I don't want to take them lightly as an opponent. Um, It feels like Justin Fields is going to be starting with Andy Dalton's injuries, um, and we got to come out swinging. We cannot take this lightly whatsoever, even though a lot of people do not think the Bears are a very good team. Doesn't matter. It's one game. Anything can happen. And we got to come out ready to play. So that is all I have for you guys today. Um, excited for another week of football. We're just moving through it. We're getting into to week three here coming up, which is crazy. It feels like I'm soon enough, it's going to be February and I'm going to be talking about the Super Bowl and it just flies by so fast, so soak up every minute of it. Enjoy every moment uh, of the this beautiful sport that we all get to watch because it's pretty awesome. Um, if you could just leave a review or rating too on Apple Podcasts, follow, subscribe, share it with a friend, all that good stuff. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, and thanks for listening. Go Browns.